Good morning. The scripture for today, Sunday, February 10th, is from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. It can be found in the New Testament of your chair Bible on page 66. I will be reading from the Common English Bible. About eight days after Jesus said these things, he took Peter, John, and James and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes flashed white like lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, were talking with him. They were clothed with heavenly splendor and spoke about Jesus' departure, which he would achieve in Jerusalem. Peter and those with him were almost overcome by sleep, but they managed to stay awake and saw his glory as well as the two men with him. As the two men were about to leave Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it's good that we're here. We should construct three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he didn't know what he was saying. Peter was still speaking when a cloud overshadowed them. As they entered the cloud, they were overcome with awe. And then a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Even as the voice spoke, Jesus was found alone. They were speechless, and at the time told no one what they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One more introduction for uh, Dr. David. Ah, okay, so Reverend David Gladstone is with us today a member of the Detroit Conference, an elder with me, and we were on a spiritual growth retreat 20 years ago, maybe. Um, David is the director of Lake Louise Camp. We know that camp because for years and years we have sent work project folks up there, and every time I go up there and remark about something new, uh, the staff will say, Holland First United Methodist, the, the fences, Holland First United Methodist. The draperies in the retreat center and the, all the hardware, Holland First United Methodist. Anyway, we have made a mark at that camp. And clearly that camp, as Billy says, has made a mark on many, many young people. And so uh, David asked to, to be a part of our worship, and this was a, an opportunity. He was downstate, as they say, from up north. Uh, for another meeting yesterday, and so it was a good time for him to be with us. So I want to introduce to you uh, Reverend David Gladstone. What a joy to be with you, and what a joy to hear you sing. Oh, that was wonderful. Um, Lynn left out a few details. Uh, my wife Terry and I, who Terry has now passed on, but my wife Terry and I also housed Joel while he worked as a mission intern, okay? Lived with Joel for a summer, and uh, he and Aaron were a part, or Aaron was a part of Carl and Anna's wedding up at Lake Louise. So our paths have crossed repeatedly over the years. What a great opportunity to be here with you. Uh, how joyful it was for me to uh, uh, walk in and be greeted so, so well, but uh, also to see Jean Wong here uh, among the group that uh, has done such great work at Lake Louise, helping us be ready to receive young people and adults 
uh, for that transformative experience that is time away at camp or on retreat. You've made a huge difference. Who else is here today that I haven't seen yet who has been a part of that work team? Is there anybody here? Would you just raise your hand? Who else is here? Great, there you are. There you are. I won't even start naming names because you know I'll forget and leave some out. But Lynn has identified some of the things that have been accomplished uh, by that work team. We count on you because we want to be ready and well-equipped for uh, youth and children and adults when they come for that time away at Lake Louise, which is retreat and camping ministries. Um, I took retired status in order to take this job as executive director of the Lake Louise Christian community. And uh, it's a blessing in my life. So I'm going to start out with a story today. I've been involved in camping ministries uh, forever. I was a camper as a kid, and every place I went, either in music ministry, which I did for 13 years, or in my pastoral ministry, which I did for 25 years, um, Wherever I was, my hand went out to young people in the church and said, won't you come to camp with me this summer? That's what it takes. That's what it takes. So I'm going to tell you a story, and then I hope we can make a connection with the story of the Transfiguration that has been read this morning, a very moving story. Um, one that we pondered greatly in seminary as to the proper way to preach it. You know, what to do with the story of the Transfiguration. So here's a true story, absolutely true story. For nearly 40 years, I served as the choral director at what began as the Detroit Conference Choir Camp, and then later became the Lake Louise Choir Camp, and is still going strong, and if you've got young people who love to sing, they should come. Sarah Hazen is now the director there from Waterford Central, and she is a top-notch musician. We take those kids in on Sunday night, they get a packet of music they've never seen before, and on Saturday when their parents come to pick them up, they do a knock-your-socks-off concert for the parents. And all of that music is a part of the way that God reaches into the hearts of young people. Because that's the, that's the only reason to do it, is because it's an effective tool. So, for 10 years of that time, choir camp met at Judson Collins Camp in the Irish Hills. It's a Detroit conference camp, and we were there for a very long time. Now, at choir camp, the day always ends, as with many of our camps, the day always ends with an evening vesper service down by the edge of the lake at a fireball. Big cross, little amphitheater. amphitheater. Lake Louise has a beautiful fireball. You should come and see it the lake behind my back. And my special moment in the day was always uh, conducting those Vesper services at Firebowl because I'm a storyteller and I love to reach back into my memory and tell stories to the kids at Firebowl. Now at Judson Collins Camp, there was a great blue heron. And that blue heron, I'm not making this up, would make an appearance every day, just as we were gathering at the fireball at the edge of Wampler's Lake. The sun would be setting, I would be launching into the evening Vesper service, 
and the great blue heron would glide past behind my back. I always thought I was going to write a book, and the book would be titled, The Sermons Behind My Back, because of what went on on that lake. That great blue heron became, in my mind and, and in my preaching at those events, it became a tangible symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit working its way in the hearts of those of us who were there at camp. I told the campers that. Everybody knew it was a metaphor, it was a symbol, but that bird making a daily appearance, I have no idea how this would happen, but it did. Right on cue, every single day, great blue heron behind my back. It became a spiritual moment for everyone. I don't know how it worked. I don't know why it worked, but there it was every single day. Well, then there came the announcement that choir camp would be moved from Judson Collins up to Lake Louise. This was not a troubling announcement for me or for Terry because we have a long history at Lake Louise and if you come, and I hope you will, if you'll come to the the Sunday school class or the, or the class that's being held between services, I'm going to tell you about that background of Lake Louise and that story. We love Lake Louise and our retirement home, my retirement home now, is there. Terry and I were thrilled, but the campers and many of the counselors were profoundly upset at this announcement. They could not believe that choir camp could be the same in any other location than at Judson Collins. So choir camp at Judson Collins that final year was tinged with the fear that we would lose something special in that move and that the Holy Spirit would not be able to find us in a new location. So we muddled through that final year, and I was fearful for our future. And that final night at camp, at Vespers, just as we were sharing Holy Communion, there he came, the great blue heron gliding silently across the top of Wampler's Lake. And I suggested that it was the Holy Spirit leading us on to our new home at Lake Louise. But the campers insisted that it was indeed the Holy Spirit who had shown up to bid us a final farewell. So the next summer we gathered at Lake Louise. Our numbers were a little down, but they were respectable. And our counselors and campers, you could just see them working hard, trying to adjust to this change and trying to make it work. That first night at camp, we gathered at what I believe is the magnificent Lake Louise Fireball, looking out over one of the most beautiful lakes in the state. We started with singing. And then I stood to read scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The sun was setting. 
The sky was right there. That's the spot. The sky was brilliant red and orange. I finished reading, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And a gasp went out from the campers and the counselors alike, and I turned around to look at the lake, and there a great blue heron was gliding silently three feet above the surface of that lake. And he turned and came directly at that cross right there. And he raised up just high enough to lift the cross, clear the cross, and flew directly over our heads. Nobody said a word. And then finally, one of the campers that had had the most trouble accepting that move said, we're home. Everything will be okay. Let me tell you, an experience like that cannot be duplicated in a virtual world. It is not possible to sit in your bedroom or in your parents' basement before even the most sophisticated computer or PlayStation and experience the presence of God in such a tangible way. We need that opportunity to step out to the edge of a lake or to climb a wooded hillside in order that we might let go of our fears and assumptions and see things differently. We need to find our place within the plan of God's creation if we are to live our lives as faithful stewards of this world. We need the quiet of an evening breeze where God can tell us that we are more than the troubles that confront us. Children and youth need a place where trustworthy counselors allow them to ask vexing questions without challenging their devotion to Jesus Christ. And we need the safety of a special community that is less concerned that we think the right thoughts about God and way more concerned that we give people an opportunity to find their place at the table of God's grace. That place is camp. I'm as committed to it as I've ever been. Be it Lake Louise, Wesley Woods, Lake Michigan, Albright, Lakeside, or Crystal Springs, children, youth, and adults need a moment upon the mountain with Jesus in order to see things clearly and find God's purpose in their life. And that is the connection to the story of the transfiguration of Jesus before Peter, James, and John. Jesus the teacher 
and three confused disciples who just don't get it. They take a moment and they, they break out of their routine and they travel up the mountain for a time away. And upon the mountaintop, the disciples are astounded to see Jesus standing with Moses and Elijah. And before their very eyes, Jesus is changed, transfigured. And they see him in a way that they never saw him before. Is clothed in brilliant white. So like most of us who suddenly find ourselves in the presence of greatness that we do not fully comprehend, Peter opens his mouth and he says something incredibly stupid. He says, whoa, this is good. Moses and Elijah, that's good. I'll tell you what, let's build a little booth right here so everybody can be comfy. And then a voice from the cloud declares, this is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly Moses and Elijah vanish. And Peter, James, and John stand alone with Jesus. Their understanding of who he really is has been advanced by their mountaintop experience. Now I am convinced that the transfiguration of Jesus is only important for the transformation that it works in the hearts of Peter, James, and John. Jesus has not changed. But the three disciples see Jesus now in a new way. And their assumptions about who Jesus was and what his presence means for humanity are suddenly called into question. And they connect with God's purpose, not their purpose. The disciples who have lacked real comprehension have their eyes opened for the first time to the glory of the one they follow. Now, it is, it is significant that this experience takes place upon a mountain in order that Peter, James, and John might see Jesus in, new, in a new way. They must get away from the life they know and the challenges they face and go to a place where their perception is cleansed of preconceived notions. Walking with Jesus every day through the dusty roads of Galilee could not do it. It took a journey up the mountain to catch a bigger picture, to unlock a broader view, and to finally hear the voice of God declaring Jesus' true identity. Now, we are seriously in danger of denying our children, youth, and many adults of that mountaintop experience of God that will transform their discipleship. Parents are convinced that keeping their children close to home is the only way to keep them safe. A belief that is not supported by the statistics. The radius of play in America, the radius of play, 
What's the area we allow our children to wander around in and experience things in? The radius of play in America has gone from five or six miles in 1900 down to about one mile in 1950 and down to 500 yards today. 500 yards. Cash-strapped annual conferences, which is funny because yesterday I was at the Albion District Training Day and all of us campers were out there with our with our displays and one man came by to earnestly tell us that what we needed to do was sell those camps and take that money and do something with it. <laughs> he was talking to the wrong guys. <laughs> Cash-strapped annual conferences are looking at those assets and saying, couldn't we do something better with this than what we're doing? Well, yeah, we can do something better with it, but not selling it. I remember a day when our churches considered Christian camping as an integral connection, an integral extension of their ministry with children and youth and adults. Somewhere along the line, that, that connection has been severed. And our churches offer camping as just one more thing in a long list of things that children and youth and adults could possibly do with their summer vacation. There was a day when every pastor in the conference knew that they were expected to make camping an important part of their portfolio and their experience. Those days are gone. And I have no idea how that happened, but I'm trying to do something about it. Now this is a very special Sunday for me, and I did ask. I sent out a blanket. Uh, inquiry to all the churches in both conferences saying, when you need a pastor, I'm ready to come. I want to tell you about not just Lake Louise, although I will tell you about Lake Louise, but I will tell you about the importance of Christian camping. And it's also a chance for me to come and tell this congregation what an important impact you have had by volunteering your help to keep Lake Louise fresh and alive and functioning well. Those things are so important. And if you haven't come on that trip, I want you to come. And if you're just driving up I-75 and you're going past exit 290, I want you to give me a call. And come on over to Lake Louise and I'll put you on the golf cart and I'll give you a tour. If you haven't been there, you need to be there. Lake Louise is the only one of our United Methodist camps in Michigan that was given as a gift to all the Methodists of Michigan when the Horner family in 1934 went to my wife's grandfather, their pastor, Stanley Niles, in Eaton Rapids and said, we've got 5,000 acres we want to give away. What can we do with it? And they created the Lake Louise Christian community. And camping began. I want you to know about all that. Lake Louise is a special place. We are growing, we are strong, we are innovative. You're going to send middle schoolers or junior high kids to a work camp close to home. 
We have the Boyne Country Service Project starting this year for the first time. We have 50 registrations already. You come to Lake Louise with your youth group, we will house them, feed them, and we will send them out every day to work with community service agencies to do home repair, painting, working in the food pantry in Boyne Falls, and when you get done with that hardworking day, you come back to Lake Louise, you get to swim in the lake, you get to be well-fed and you sleep in a nice clean bed in one of our new retreat lodges. I've been to ASP. I've slept on those hard concrete floors. I've been bused to the local YMCA to get a shower after a long day of hard work in this hot, hot sun. We can do better than that. Bring your kids to, AS, to Lake Louise Boeing Country Service Project and we'll put you to work. You think there's no poverty in Charlevoix County? You think everything is big mansions by the lake and yachts? Come to the east side of Charlevoix County and see what it's like. I hope you'll come to the class between services. I'm going to launch into all of that. But I want to tell you that as with Peter, James, and John upon that mountain, that experience, that transformative experience in which we suddenly see and comprehend the importance of Jesus in a whole new way, that thing best and most effectively takes place through a mountaintop experience where one can encounter Jesus in a new way and see him as never before. One week of camp is worth more contact hours than a whole year of Sunday school. We are a denomination that declares that our missional purpose is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Where is that guy that wanted to sell the camps yesterday? There's nothing more effective in disciple making than camp. Help us regain access that access to the mountaintop experience that we all need. Help us push back the boundaries of the radius of play. 500 yards. Oh my goodness. So years ago I gathered my camp at the magnificent Lake Louise Fire Bowl. Everybody was nervous about whether we could go on or whether the Holy Spirit could find us in a new location. So we started that night of Vespers, we started with singing, and then I read scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The sun was setting as it does so beautifully over Lake Louise, the sky was red and orange. And I finished the reading, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And a gasp went up. And I turned around, and there was the great blue heron silently gliding three feet over the surface of the lake. And every fearful heart in that fireball was changed. We know it was a bird, but spiritually it was the presence of God lifting us from our fear and putting us down in a new place. And one camper who had the most trouble with the move said, home. Everything will be all right. I hope you'll give generously to your 10 for 10th because you will be 
changing the life of someone. Thanks be to God.